Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Rosalie Hunt of Gunnersville, Alabama. Rosalie's writing brings to life leading women of the past who have shaped missions. Rosalie knows a thing or two about missions. She herself was a missionary kid, and Rosalie and Bob served for 30 years as missionaries in eight different Asian countries. Rosalie, you have said our lives are built upon legacies, and then you always ask, what will you do to honor those legacies? I think we honor the legacies by talking about people from our past and learning from their lives. And today, I picked the most quoted woman in the history of Woman's Missionary Union. Hers is a light so strong it cast a lengthening shadow through the ages. She's already left her imprint on three centuries. More than a hundred years after Fanny E.S. Heck's death, we are still captivated by this profound leader who helped shape a missions movement. Today, let's start in the middle. In the middle of her name, what does E.S. stand for? Fanny's mother, at the time of her birth, was away from her family. She was by herself. Her husband was away at the Civil War. And she wanted to commemorate that particular time and how God spared her life, spared the life of her little girl. So she named her Exile so she'd never forget. Now, the Scudder is something that Fanny chose for herself because one branch of her family were Scudders, and they were loaded with missionaries all across Asia. And she wanted that as part of her family name since she loved missions so much. Uh, She wasn't a, a real swift, outstanding, brilliant student because she wanted to take her time to do things. And her sister would say, come on, Fanny. And Fanny would say, don't hurry me. I want to think long thoughts. And she thought long thoughts far into the future. And she became the greatest visionary Women's Missionary Union has ever had. During the Civil War, right at the end of the Civil War, Fanny contracted typhoid pneumonia. Her parents thought she was going to die. At that time, they were hiding from the renegade soldiers in the area, but she survived. And family was amazing family, wealthy, industrialist family, but highly committed to serving God. And this was a a normal part of their lives, a very big part of their lives. Her grandmother lived with them when she was a little girl. And she and her grandmother, when Fanny was about nine years old, read together the memoir of Ann Judson. And Fanny said, Please, Lord, someday let me make a difference in the world like Ann Judson did. And she did make a difference with her life. Last spring, I got to walk where Fanny walked. I was outside her home in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's closed now for renovations. Is Fanny's home the one where you went in and boldly asked the workers for pieces of plaster from the wall? Am I remembering that right? Well, I did do that, but it was in a different house. Okay. Uh, Actually, I did get to go inside Fanny's house because the people who are having it renovated had their archaeological 
architect there. And we were able to go in and walk through that house. I was able to go up the stairs to the top, to the widow's walk and look out over Raleigh, just like Fanny did when she was a little girl. Oh, Rosalie, I am so jealous. It was so exciting. I do have one artifact from Fanny, but it was because of my mother, and I did not have to beg for it. Mother <laughs> handed it on to me. I have it right here. This is a little tract that Fanny wrote way back, right before the turn of the 20th century, and mother had kept it in her trunk. And when she passed away, all of those special treasures that she had kept came on to me. So I have a Fanny treasure. Now, the, the plaster, you remember, was from the birthplace of Anne Hazeltine. And I did ask for it, and they were very <laughs> gracious in giving it to me. I did appropriate a brick from the place where Adoniram Judson was in prison. But other than that, I, it's all been legal. I, I have asked permission for these little pieces. I love pieces of history. I know you do. And I love to hear the stories of how you get those pieces of history. Rosalie, it was an incredible experience for me to walk the same cobbled sidewalk she did and to dream about what Fanny's days must have been like as she helped shape an emerging woman's missionary union. How did it happen? It was really amazing. She became the state leader of missionary societies in North Carolina when she was 23 years old. She was asked by the president of the Foreign Mission Board to do this. And she went to work with a passion. They had started off with about 17 little societies scattered across North Carolina. And at the end of the first year, there were 74. And by the time she was 29 years old, she was elected president of Women's Missionary Union Southwide. She formed much of what we do today, more than any other one person. She affects how we conduct our Women's Missionary Union in the 21st century. That's what kind of a visionary she was. Uh, the mission studies started with her. The mission magazine began with her. Our mission mosaic dates back to royal service that dates back to our mission fields, started by Fanny Heck in 1906. Uh, she began the youth organizations. And her, I guess her favorite thing of all probably was working with the youth because she saw the potential for the future. And that visionary gift of God had her look into the future and see what the needs would be. So that's why we're doing these things today. Mission service began with her. Mission study began with her. State missions offerings began with her. Pretty amazing. Yes, it is incredibly amazing. One of her accomplishments was writing the official WMU hymn, Come Women Wide Proclaim. Verse 3 starts with these words, Work with your courage high. And Fanny did. She fearlessly pursued the cause of Christ with everything that was within her. I think, Sandy, that so much of what she encountered her life, in her life, things that daunted a weaker person, she faced with courage. And in this situation that we're in right now, we don't have much choice. We need that same courage. And we had the same source she did. She had family tragedy. Her mother was very ill. She 
literally raised one of her brothers and one of her sisters. She did all this while she was state WMU president and Southwide WMU president. And she did it with courage. Rosalie, what were some of her biggest joys as she served? She was so much involved in so many things. It's sort of hard to pinpoint, but I really believe that her greatest joy came from the young people. When she was with the Sunbeams, the GAs, which started when she was union president because of her work, uh, RAs also began under her and YWAs. She loved to have the YWAs at her house, at her parlor, and serve them tea. She was loved at Meredith College. The women just adored her, and she helped form the basics of that school and their Christian ethics. She loved young people. And what were some of her greatest heartaches? I, I imagine what we would call in our days having to juggle family responsibilities and needs and work responsibilities. Of course, she was a volunteer. She was not paid. That was not a problem since the family was a wealthy family. But demands on her time when her body was never strong was very difficult. Evidently, from all I have learned about Fanny Hicks, she had a presence about her. And everyone realized in the presence of that woman, there was something special going on. And, and her reliance upon God was so very strong. But her heartaches and her problems were big, too. Uh, her largest problem on the job was relationships. She and the executive director, the executive secretary, our wonderful Annie Armstrong, who laid the foundation of Women's Missionary Union. And those two women were chalk and cheese. Annie Armstrong's impulse was just to say what she thought. She had a quick temper and she would say it and then she'd be sorry about it. Fanny, on the other hand, was slow to speak, but she did not forget in a hurry. And they just looked at the union differently. Annie's idea was that she had established the structure, basically, of WMU, and she would run it, and Fanny would be the figurehead and preside at the annual meetings. Fanny felt that the women had elected her to serve as their representatives and to meet the needs of women all across the country and to represent them. So there were some real problems. In fact, it got so problematic that Fanny said, I will not accept another term because she knew that if she didn't say that, Annie was going to resign. And Fanny realized that Annie Armstrong was the face of Women's Missionary Union and the foundation she needed to continue. So Fanny stepped aside. She kept on working in North Carolina, but she did not with the union until 1906. And at the very meeting where Annie resigned, the women overwhelmingly reelected Fanny as president. Hmm. Fanny's quotes have been a treasured inheritance, none better than her deathbed speech in 1915, and her words were sent immediately across the country. We're still quoting from that speech today. In 1916, at the WMU Annual Meeting, 
Participants gave what would amount to $400,000 today to help pay down the Foreign Mission Board's debt. I think their amazing generosity was, in part, because Fanny's deathbed speech from the year before was ringing in their ears. How did that speech come about, and what are some of your favorite lines? She was in a hospital in Richmond, Virginia, in pain for 14 months. And she told her mother, I don't want one word of complaint to ever leave this room. And it didn't. She named it the Room of the Blue Sky. And she wrote prolifically as long as she could. And then when she could not hold a pen anymore, she would dictate to people. She had to dictate that speech that we know and treasure to a friend who wrote it down for her. And that was her gift to the women of WU. She wanted them to be triumphant because she was triumphant. She never complained about her situation. And so many of those quotes, she would say, give us the children of today for missions and we take the world for Christ tomorrow. And I love the way she said, think long thoughts. Plan not for the year, but for the years. Rosalie, on my desk is a treasured gift from you, a first edition copy of Fanny's book, Everyday Gladness. In the book, Fanny says, when you are in line with God in every relation of life, he will not be afraid to entrust to you power beyond your highest hopes. You will have a thousand things to pull down your aspirations, to bring you down to the level of the average Christian life. The general atmosphere will have a downward tendency. You will often feel choked as if in a foggy night, but you will not be alone. God has provided a continual strength, a continual flowing of power for those who strive in harmony with his purposes. The touch of God gives power. Fanny sought God's purpose for her life. What do you think are some of the lessons we learned from her? You've just quoted from the last book that she wrote, Sandy. And that book was written during those 14 months of her suffering in that hospital. In fact, the week before she died, two days before her actual death, her brother-in-law came in with the first copy of that book off the press. And her quotes have been so timely to me during this time that we're going through right now, so meaningful. And, and several of them come to mind. If you cannot leave your footprints in the sands of time, write your master's name on the granite of eternity. And I love one for helping us right now. I will do as much good as I can for as long as I can. One of my very favorites, he sees the end from the beginning. We one step behind and none before. And I guess of all of them, the one that, that would daily inspire me when I get discouraged, when something's wrong, when I need more courage, I think of five words she said, we will find a way. 
we will find a way. Rosalie, is there anything else that you would like to share about Fanny? I hope that each member of WMU can realize this treasure that's sitting in her Baptist DNA and explore that treasure and see how she can learn from that and share it with others. A treasure indeed. Like Fanny, may we pray for his power and live for his purpose. Thank you for listening to this edition of On the Journey Conversations. Have a great day, Rosalie. You too.